Do you hear that sound? Lot is the sound of the waves crashing against a bay. But it's not just any bay. It's a Baywatch. Because this is a Baywatch podcast. In fact, this is Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast where two men who have never watched Baywatch before try and watch Baywatch. I'm Michael Eisen. And I'm Morgan Thrapp. And Morgan, this is season two, episode 12 reunion not the reunion which is an episode <laughs> one season one episode this is reunion without the, the to encapsulate that is just the idea of reunion rather than a specific event even though there is a reunion in this episode yeah it's impressive how rapidly they seem to have run out of ideas <laughs> yeah i'm i'm just waiting for uh Got, we had second wave, we had heat wave, I'm waiting for third wave, I'm waiting for dirt wave. I, I don't know what a dirt <laughs> wave is. Hyper wave. I imagine dirt wave would be them out on like some sick ATVs doing like sand dune stunts. And I want to watch that episode. I mean, I feel like that has to be an episode of the show. Like that just makes yeah. sense. Anyways, so this episode, the teleplay. Do you know the difference between the teleplay and story? Yeah, story is basically like the rough outline for the episode and teleplay is like the shooting script. Yeah, exactly. So the teleplay was by Michael Burke and the story was by Jill Donner and Michael Burke. And this was directed by Gus Draconis. So we got some season one folk on this and it was aired January 27th, 1992. So, oh, Briefly, while we're talking about credits, I want to mention something I never noticed before in the title credits. So I assume you're loosely familiar with the concept of like, like special billing in credits where you have like a with or an as. Oh, yeah, yeah. Whatever. I do you know the two people who get an as in the opening credits of Baywatch. One is Gar- as as Garner Ellerby. Uh, no, he doesn't even get an as the uh. the two are. Monty Markham as Captain Thorpe and what's his name as Ben? Oh, Richard Jekyll. Yeah, because I mean, he's an older guy. I mean, they're just the old people. They are, but it's usually you would get the as because you're like major on the show or something. And it's just so weird to me that those are the only two that get an as. Well, I guess they're more famous than I suppose. Billy Warlock. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And they're more famous than our guest stars, let me tell you that. Uh, yeah. So Tom, I didn't, I'm not even going to go through everybody. There's a bunch of guest actors in this episode who did nothing. So I went for the interesting ones. So Tom Villard plays Howie. He is known for his leading role in the two-season late 80s comedy We Got It Made, though he's more famous for coming out on an episode of Entertainment Tonight in 1994, admitting he was gay and that he had AIDS, and then dying later that same year from AIDS-related oh, pneumonia. Oh, shit. Yeah. Wow. It's not great. Uh, I don't know why I chose to start in the downer, <laughs> but I did. Uh, Wendy Malick is back as Gail. Yay! Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Wendy Malick. Uh, yeah. She's good. Tim Rosovich plays Larry Vernon. Uh, Tim was a former NFL player. He played with the Eagles and the Chargers. He that also, makes sense. Yep. He also roomed in college with Tom Selleck, which makes sense. Yeah. He looks a not insignificant amount like Tom Selleck exactly. in this episode. I'm going to tell you something else that you're going to think is 
very obvious. Actually, not obvious, just that it makes <laughs> sense. Okay. He would star in a one-season 1980s comedy called When the Whistle Blows about the comedic lives of construction workers. That sounds, yeah, extremely on point for him. Um, and also, I can't imagine that it holds up. No. Uh, apparently, they all have, like, there's, like, one one person used to work at a restaurant. One person used to, like, be an academic, and then they lost their job. One person runs the bar they all like or something. I, mm-hmm. It's like Cheers or but construction <laughs> or I don't know. Anyways, yeah. Glenn Morshower plays Dan. A quote from Glenn on his IMDb page is, The only people who have done more milita- military roles than me, what do they all have in common? They're all dead. What the fuck? He is the... That's a wild threat. <laughs> yeah. So... He's the only other he's the only character other than Jack Bauer to appear in the first seven seasons of 24. So Mm. that's probably what he's most known for. But he played and I quote throughout whenever this IMDb fact was made. 22 police slash law enforcement officers, 21 military personnel, 10 government agents, and I think four Secret Service agents. Holy shit. Yes, they played a lot of. The same thing. And he has a strong Texas accent. So usually he's also like a heel when he does it, you know, mm-hmm. uh, because a cab. Anyways, mm-hmm. Caitlin Delaney plays Trish Buckley. This is her second acting role. But oh, wow. her first named role since her actual first acting role, she played a literal date range. What does that even mean? How is this possible? I am not sure, but her credit is the years 1991 to 1992. That is what her credit is. It goes, she played 1991 to 1992 and then Trish Buckley. I'm like, wow, very confused by how that works. Uh, She's also the only person in that credit to play a date range. Everybody else has names. (laughs) (laughs) I I don't get it. Next, we have Kevin Brief, who plays Max. He has an interesting series of roles. He, early on in his career, started doing some voice acting roles alongside alongside his regular acting he would do. And he would end up in things like Vanessa Angel's Weird Science Show. But for his voice acting roles, he would use the pseudonym of Guy Pinkham. Not <laughs> sure why. Uh, he would okay. have voices uh, in shows like uh, in mostly anime. So Big O, Blackjack, Ghost in the Shell, Standalone Complex. And he played Roses, the official driver for Joseph Joestar and the Joestar family in part two of JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. But also, he'd get to voice Warren Buffett in a show called Warren Buffett's Secret Millionaires Club. Can you guess what this show uh, is about? I I feel like it's a superhero thing, maybe. Okay, run with it. Go with it. Okay, so, I mean, it feels like a very, I'm going to say, like, early 2000s thing, back before we sure. had the, you know, same understanding of how shitty capitalism is. And it's definitely just, like, a bunch of... A bunch of old Batman just like running around the city, <laughs> spending too much money and causing trouble. So you'd be wrong in all accounts. Damn it. Uh, OK, it, but I do want to see that show, though. 
Oh, so do I. So do I. <laughs> uh, so it is an animated TV show. Okay. Uh, and he acts as a mentor to a group of kids who have, and I quote, international adventures in business. Uh, huh. But also along the way, along the way, they meet some very interesting guest stars, including Jay-Z, Shaq, Nick Cannon, Kelly Rowland, Bill Gates and more. Huh. Yeah. This, uh, yeah, this sounds like quite the show. Yeah. Have I ever told you about uh, my finance teacher who is obsessed with Warren Buffett? No, it doesn't sound familiar. Okay, so I think I've mentioned before on the podcast that my my major in college was finance, uh, which I don't do anything with. And one of my professors was this n- a nice Italian man, uh, Ruben Trevino. And he would talk to us about how much he loved Warren Buffett. And he'd go, oh, you know, Warren Buffett <laughs> is kind. He's rich. Was Why would he it? also a vampire? <laughs> I'm not even joking. This is exactly his accent because oh wow, my father took a adjunct professor job at my college, and this guy was his boss for a while. And my dad and I would do imitations to each other, and our imitation <laughs> would be the exact same because it's very easy to do. You just yeah. go. Oh, Warren Buffett. And that's how you get it started. You go, Warren Buffett. He's so kind. He's so nice. What's not to love about Warren Buffett? And he would just like show us these articles. He'd pull out the old like overhead projector thing you have to put on the slide. And he'd print out an article about Warren Buffett and he'd place it there. And he'd be like, all of you need to buy this book by Warren Buffett and read it. Also, this Ben Stein book about finance. And uh, it's it's very weird. But anyways, that's that person. Now, lastly, we have Gina Rodriguez, who plays Beach Girl. Now, Morgan, before we started this episode a few hours ago, I texted you. Uh, who is Gina Rodriguez? She is the star of Jane the Virgin. Yes, correct. But that is not the Gina Rodriguez who oh. plays the beach girl. <laughs> In fact, this Gina Rodriguez is very much not a virgin. Um, she okay. had two appearances as Beach Girl on Baywatch, and they were her first roles. But she got her big start in 2004 with the classic film Please Bang My Wife. Following up with such classics as Screw My Wife, Please 57, Show Her a Good Time, As Good As Ass Get. No, As Good As It Gets. Oh. Uh, girl with the Sexy, Girl with the Sex Ray Eyes. <laughs> the Tear Jerking, You Got a Mother Thing Coming. Oof. Uh, the artist, Sex ray eyes. not not that the artist. It's a different one called the artist. Mm-hmm. And how could the, we forget? How I'm just, mm-hmm. I'm just ashamed. It's not uh, the artist. I know it's not even a porn parody. <laughs> it's not even a porn movie. Oh, she just said it's something called the artist. That's not the artist. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, huh. And then the piece de resistance, Ben Dover's Yummy Mummies, Volume One. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so curious. Are there mummies in this? Uh, Like, I really hope there's mummies. I hope they're mommy mummies. 
Uh, yeah. Which reminds me of a tweet I saw today, which <laughs> pause for effect while I find this tweet. Mm-hmm. I really, I, I've been thinking recently while you're looking this up, I should get a soundboard for this show. <laughs> yes. Yes, you should. <laughs> that way you can just do disco duds all the time. Yeah. Um, I Well, specifically, when you said you were looking up the tweet, I was wishing that I could play the tweet of the week thing from uh, Gil and Gilbert. Ooh, ooh, very good. We should do that. Yeah. Uh, so the tweet is uh, related is, if you really want to protect young minds from sex-related damage, figure out how to get the 20-somethings to stop calling breasts mommy milkers. <laughs> um, God. So uh, if anyone thought I was going to be the weirdly explicit one, I already fucked that up. If anyone thought Morgan was going to be the weirdly explicit one this episode, no, you're wrong. It's me. (laughs) Oh, no, I've been out hornied. (laughs) You still have time, my friend. It's true. It's true. And this episode gives me plenty of material to work. Oh, God, does it ever. In fact, we should probably get into it. We sure should. We start off uh, with... A bunch of people playing a game of football on the beach uh, when they all start screaming and looking around. And it turns out there's a bull on the loose. <laughs> it's um, so, it comes out of <laughs> fucking nowhere. And when it's I saw so it, wild. I loved it. I was like, yes, this is what I want. This is exactly yeah. what I want. This entire opening scene might be one of my favorite scenes of Baywatch ever. Yeah, agreed. Um, because the rest of this scene, Eddie sees the bull and calls for backup. He says, um, and you're then, not going to believe this one. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then, uh, then flamenco music plays while we get a montage of people being oblivious to everyone around them running around and screaming and there being a bull charging towards them. Uh, this happens twice in my canon. Because there, there's a woman listening to her headphones who doesn't notice the bull. In my yeah. canon, she's listening to flamenco music. And so this is just <laughs> coming from her perspective rather than there actually being a soundtrack. Mm. Yeah, I I think definitely the thing that Baywatch is really missing is uh, finding more ways to like really blur the line between diegetic and non-diegetic music. Like, if I had one critique of Baywatch, that would be it. Um, my, I would have a second one, which is there's not enough deep lore. Mm, also true. I I want to be able to write the Silmarillion of Baywatch. I mean, we probably could. I mean, that's <laughs> the thing. Even with the yeah. amount we've watched now, we could. And just like everything else he said, we'll do. We'll do it. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. We will. We've got everything we've ever said we're going to do in a queue, and we're just very slowly taking them off the stack. Yeah, and we're definitely not forgetting about them until we remember them. <laughs> Absolutely not. Who would ever do such a thing? Yeah. It's the deep lore of Baywatch Rookie School, a podcast for two men. (laughs) Yeah, when uh, whoever our first fan is that starts a fan wiki, uh, we'll send you a love sync. (laughs) You can't. There's no (laughs) fan wiki. It's just like a subsection on wiki feet for us. (laughs) You know what? If that's if that's my 15 seconds of fame, I'll take it. I, I love that idea. I'd love to have a dedicated section <laughs> podcast section a wiki feed it's like yeah. <laughs> b- 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 
Baywatch Rookie <laughs> School, officially sponsored by Wiki <laughs> God, I'm just picturing now, like, okay, so they get into the podcast market and start listing <laughs> podcaster feet. Then next, you have to start a foot podcast, which I think should just be like different famous podcast hosts just slowly rubbing their foot <laughs> over the microphone, just like weird, horny ASMR. But uh, you got to get different ones each time. And usually the way you do it is um, you go through the, the top 100 rating lists of mm. uh, podcaster feet and then they just go down the <laughs> list. So it becomes the ultimate, you know, amalgamation of podcaster feet. Yeah. And, yeah. And then at the very, very end, the last episode, they're finally like, OK, here's Joe Rogan. And then Joe <laughs> Rogan comes on. He tries to rub his head and. Then they just shoot him. Yeah, I think I think this is a billion dollar idea easily. Uh, we need to mm, we need to get in touch with reps from WikiFeet ASAP. Yeah, I think if there's any podcast network that uh, WikiFeet <laughs> could really join, it probably would be Earwolf uh, because Ooh. it's another part of the body. It's true. It's true. And you know what wolves also <laughs> have feet. <laughs> yep. Yeah. As opposed to well, head gum. You know, there's probably some oh, yeah. gum on your feet and you have a head. So that <laughs> that works, too. Uh, but maximum fun? Nah, it doesn't work. No, no, no. I can't think of any of the other uh, body related podcast networks. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to call ourselves something like like uh, we're going to make our own podcast network and we're going to call it something like um, like feet baton. <laughs> <laughs> I refuse to be on a podcast network called Feet Baton. Well, what would you call it? I almost literally anything else. <laughs> About like toe branch. <laughs> we'll call we'll call our network Toe Jams. Uh no, because that's that's a that's a real thing. You got to mix two things. That, oh, that's true. Like that's head true. gum, ear wolf. You know, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. You got to call it like like uh, like um, bunion drum. (laughs) (laughs) Man, I haven't had funions in forever. Uh, Anyway, we should we should get back on track with this plot. Well, this is already (laughs) off track because Mitch jumps up. On the back of the of the of the lifeguard truck yes. and pulls out some rope and it just is yes. long enough to lasso around a bull. Does Mitch know how to do this? We never previously established that he knows how to lasso. The shot of him standing on top of the lifeguard truck lassoing a bull was like, oh, my God. It's why I said I loved this opening scene so much. Honestly, I do think I should go back, take a screenshot of that. And like that should be that should be an image forever associated with Baywatch. That's like what I expect of Baywatch is that specifically. Yes. Yeah. If we could just have an entire episode where Mitch is a rodeo clown, it would be amazing. Well, luckily, Mitch gets to do some crazy shit throughout this show. So boy, does he. We got we got time. And not even just yeah. this episode. 
I mean, it gets into some crazy shit this episode, but in other episodes, too. Yeah, yeah. But, Morgan, what happens once he lassos the bull? Well, Michael, it turns out that for as much as Mitch works out, he is not stronger than a bull. Uh, so it does drag him in the sand for <laughs> a very long time. Yep. And it's hysterical. Um, and then eventually um, two people come running down from the beach and they're like, oh, no, don't hurt the bull. Don't hurt the bull. And then finally the bull stops and Mitch comes to rest in the sand. Yeah, like with like a- Mitch was doing anything to impede this thing. <laughs> exactly. And he gives this like face of like, what you going to do? Yeah. And oh, my God, it's so fucking funny. But yeah, the the couple of people who ran out from the beach uh, meet up with Mitch. And it turns out that this bull is a school mascot, but not just any school. It's Mitch's school. What school do you know keeps their mascot with them? Yeah, I like I can give them a little bit of forgiveness for like, oh, it was the reunion coming up and they wanted to have a live bull there. But it's also a live bull. Like, yeah. The other question it brings up is how did Baywatch do this? Yes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Like the, yeah, because everything I know about Baywatch is that they don't have actual like animal safety. So did they just be like, run? And everyone's like, I hope I don't get gored. <laughs> yeah, the bull gets pretty close to quite a few of the actors. Oh, yeah. I And I do not know of trained bulls for hire. But if there are, you know, we are going to hire them for Oh, yeah. I don't know what, but yeah, you you heard it here first. We're just hiring a bunch of bulls on this episode. See, what actually we're going to do is we're going to sit down and we're going to write the, you know, these books about Baywatch. But while we're doing it, three bulls will be circling us (laughs) and a shark. (laughs) Okay. yeah, I think I think really a high pressure situation like that is going to be the way that we write best. Yeah. Oh so my god, what, makes sense. what rhymes with beach? Uh, feet? No, that's not a word. Uh, <laughs> feet? No, why do we keep talking about feet? Uh. <laughs> um, the rest of this scene is that uh, the woman of this couple of people, uh, Trudy, knew Mitch in high school, and he's not going to the reunion, and also doesn't remember her name, despite her having introduced herself right before. He's a man of the people. Yeah. Um, And then then we get the opening to the B plot, um, which is fucking weird, uh, which is that Eddie is leaving his tower when he hears a baby crying. So he looks under his tower and there's a basket with a baby in it. And on the baby is a note addressed to lifeguard. Look, they don't call it a B plot nothing it's b-plot <laughs> baby you know oh yeah. yeah yeah it's true it's true uh but i will say that in every instance of my notes i chose to not write the word baby and i have instead called it uh the bibby babis <laughs> um so i will be referring to it as the bibby babis all right i, I know Sounds she good. has a name because uh, they tell us what the name is but i refuse to acknowledge it as anything else but bibby babis I like I like Bibby Babis. Yeah, I know. It's great. It's a great. Great set of words. It is. It is. 
you know what else is a great set of words? No, no, legitimately no. The, Tell me the nickname that we learned Mitch had in high school. Do you remember what it was? Because it's relevant to our earlier discussion. No, that would be long toes. Because oh, he never wore shoes in high school. Yeah, it doesn't make sense. <laughs> yeah, we find this out because uh, it turns out that Ben was Mitch's guidance counselor. And so they're all reading Mitch's yearbook from high school together. All the lifeguards. Yeah, I mean, this is an A plus scene because uh, Numi gets to talk. But mm-hmm. other than that, this scene makes no sense. Also, like I, the nickname Mitch's nickname confuses me because one, it's more the name of a character from the land before time. Yeah, <laughs> uh, like I could just imagine this like, oh, that's one of them long toes. We don't associate <laughs> with them. They're carnivores. And it's just like some like dinosaur with this like <laughs> grotesquely long toe going. I don't know what to do with this. <laughs> like, what do I do? I have a single long toe. Um, no, People don't really. I don't know. For me, it's weird because people in high school didn't really have weird nicknames like that. No one was just like, ah, yes, long toe. The only nicknames were on the wrestling team. Uh, different. All the Jews on the wrestling team were named Hebrew Hammer one through seven. <laughs> uh, that's the only nicknames I know of in a high school of twelve hundred people. Yeah. I, I don't think I had a nickname in high school either. Not so college. Mine was just my last name. Yeah. Wait, what was your college nickname? Uh, it was Mittens. Why? Because uh, I was a theater kid in college um, and we were doing a production and I had most of my costume finalized. But then the like costume dresser called me in to the dressing room. Um, and this was like hell week in the middle of a dress rehearsal. Um, and she gave me a pair of mittens and we were all so fucking delirious from (laughs) like at the time my schedule was, uh, I would get to college at 8am and then have rehearsal until midnight. Like I would have classes in between. So it was like the end of a long day. So I just walked back out on stage with, you know how some mittens have these were these were like hybrid glove mittens. They were gloves that had the little foldy bit. So I had only the foldy bits on my fingers and I was slapping them around and yelling, guys, I've got mittens now. Um, And everyone fucking lost it. And so then I became known as mittens for probably three or four years, like I think there are people I've met who genuinely don't know my name other than as Mittens. So you're just reminding me that I, in fact, did have a nickname in middle school. Oh, where, uh, my nickname was Duxy. Um, because okay. one, one time at synagogue, I got very upset and told someone, show me your Dukes. Uh, because I heard that's a thing people do. <laughs> and I was legitimately like, show me your Dukes. I'm going to fight you. Uh, and so they just called me Dukesy and then Dukes boy. Uh, and oh. yeah, that feels much more like it should be the nickname of someone in like 1880s, like uh, English primary school, like just like or a skinhead Oh, or a skinhead. Yeah, but but. Monsieur Thrap. 
Sir mm-hmm. Thrapezius <laughs> Air Thrapezoid Shawnee we says get- Yeah mm-hmm. No what? Oh, I was gonna say we should You were saying that we should get back on the plot <laughs> Yeah Shawnee says That the only reason people don't go to reunions Is because they don't think they're successful enough Or they don't think they look good enough and she's really severely discounting that I don't care. And high school was lame. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> no, that stuck out to me as well. And also, it's funny because when they say that or when Shawnee says that, all of the lifeguards then go, and you're totally good looking, Mitch. Yeah. And he's like, uh, OK, so I guess I'm not successful, but <laughs> no. And then Ben is like, oh. well, you're more successful than all of those people there. And it's like, mm. Yeah. Are you though? Yeah, we learn later that one of his uh one of his former classmates owns a software company. So Wait, what? I mean I guess it depends on how you uh interpret success. I don't remember that at all. It's um Trixie, Tracy, whatever her name is. Trudy? Trudy, yes. No, 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 no. Uh the girl he meets out on the balcony. Oh, they cut that. Oh, really? Interesting. Anyway, we'll, we'll get okay. to that. So <laughs> I, 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 specifically, I specifically remember this now. I just want to get this out of my head. Is There's a scene where they show this woman with she has long blonde hair or something, right? Yep. Yep. They show her, they cut and show her, and it's clearly centered on her. And then they never show her again in the entire episode. Really? Yeah. That's weird. Huh. Well, there's we're, when we get to that, the the. Reunion stuff. I have some stuff to say. They do some weird shit uh, in the All right. But anyways, uh, Eddie has the baby. Yeah, he shows up and says, I found this thing on the beach. And Shawnee goes, it's not a thing. It's a baby, <laughs> uh, which I thought was very funny. Yes. Um, and then they finally open up the envelope that was on the baby's chest. Um, and the note says... I'm sorry for leaving my kid here. Watch them for 24 hours and do not call the authorities, uh, which is a I, you know, a cab. And I'm a, you know, big supporter of defund the police. But if there's any time in our current system where it might be worth calling the police, this feels like one of those times when you're specifically instructed not to call the cops because I just left my baby on the beach. (laughs) Like, think about this also. We've established in this show that basically the lifeguards are the authorities. Like, they have some weird amount of power in the, like, structure of the government, and we don't know how much, but they are basically the authorities. Yeah. Yeah. It's... This show makes no sense. Um, That's what I love about it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Eddie hands the baby around, but it just won't stop crying. And once she gets handed back to Eddie, she finally settles down. And Eddie's the only one who can quiet that baby. Um, and then all the lifeguards are like, should we call the cops? Nah, I'm sure it's fine. Um, and then Eddie's like, so any help with the baby? And everyone's like, peace, we're out. Mitch literally says, oh, there's a taxi for me. (laughs) Yeah. And then he turns to Ben and goes, Ben, you can't do this. You can't leave me. And he just goes, watch me. And I legit laughed. And I thought, okay, this is better. This is better. This is season one writing rather than season two writing. 
Yeah, I think this might be the best, uh, like, implementation of a Mr. Mom plotline that I've ever seen. In a TV show ever? I mean, to be fair, I feel like I haven't watched a ton of examples of it, but considering later in the episode they literally call him Mr. Mom, it was very blatant that that was what they were doing, and I still thought they pulled it off not as terribly as I was afraid they would. Yeah, I guess. I'm trying to think of others, and for some reason my mind keeps on wanting to say the Super Mario Brothers movie is one, but it's not. (laughs) Because it's just given to a bunch of nuns, and her mom's actually a lizard person. So it doesn't really work. (laughs) God, that movie is amazing. Yeah, not so much. God. We got to watch that again. Oh, absolutely. We got to do an annual Super Mario Brothers movie watch. Like, it's up there with my annual Hebrew Hammer watch. Uh, Yeah. You know, it's you just got to do it. It's important for your soul. I honestly am amazed that the Super Mario Brothers movie doesn't have a bigger cult following. Like, I want to go to, like, the room style live showings of Super Mario Brothers and just, like, shout Luigi Mario at the screen all the time and shit like that. We could, you know. At Central Cinema, they do, you know, have people host things. As long as you can be oh. a statement, we could we could be the hosts. Of All it. right. And then, like, I mean, legitimately, we we could talk to them at some point. We could be the host. And then we could be like the Baywatch Rookie School. <laughs> and- <laughs> Baywatch Rookie School presents <laughs> Super Mario Brothers live. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yes. It makes no sense. Oh, but I also, love this. It's 100 percent our thing. And oh, it, yeah. And then, like, I don't know, like one week we'd just be like, and Luigi Primo is here. <laughs> <laughs> and he just goes I'll make it the best pizza I'm a Luigi Luigi <laughs> Oh my god We're geniuses I just gotta say that it's You know true. that We're geniuses It's true It's oh true god. Next up Mitch has come home And is real happy to see Hobie And then it turns out Gail is there And her and Mitch banter for a little bit, and her and Hobie are trying to convince Mitch to go to the reunion. And then finally, Gail convinces him. Whoa, 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 whoa. We got it. We got to work to it, you know? Okay. Because, you know, uh, basically, Mitch says, I I just, I I don't want, I I don't want people to see me, really. Yeah, I don't want them to know that we're there. I don't want them to know that. We're divorced. And Gail says, that's a silly reason to not want to go to the reunion. And she then says, as a follow-up, that's a silly reason. Chuck Bizzani is coming all the way from Aspen, so you gotta go. (laughs) As is Steve Roy. And I'm like, wow, Chuck Bizzani and Steve Roy. Wow. That really makes up for the whole divorce thing. Uh, and then, then after that, she says, I also think it'll be great. Also think it'll be great for people to see that we're still friends after a divorce. And then Hobie says, maybe they'll get back together. And Mitch says, don't count on it. And that's important. You need mm-hmm. to remember that. Then mm-hmm. Mitch says, well, I can't go because I got nothing to wear. And mm-hmm. Gail says that she brought him something to wear. And it turns out it's a Letterman jacket. It looks good on him. Uh, yeah. 
I was impressed with how well it still fits. Yeah, uh, because it never was... Because he's a fictional character who's only existed yes. for two years, Morgan. That's <laughs> yes. <laughs> but also, I love the color. I think we've talked about this before. I love blue and yellow together as a color scheme. Uh, that's my ideal for any fashion, uh, where is yellow and blue. And unfortunately, I only own one yellow and blue item. So I want that Letterman jacket. It's a good jacket. It is. And Gail also has a good outfit i guess it's not as good yeah it's i mean it's pretty great it's like blue and sparkly yeah uh and then we get uh so so mitch continues making up excuses Mm -hmm. so mitch says well we should take two cars and they go back and forth maybe i should stay home (laughs) and you go oh no 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 that wouldn't be fair you should no 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 and then they just go fuck it let's go together it goes on for a long time, and I do not feel like we needed that between Mitch initially being try or like there's three different sets of people who try and convince Mitch to go to his reunion. And I just I wasn't that invested in him not going emotionally like. <laughs> right, right. I'm like, Mitch, if you don't go, that's fine with me, dude. Like, I'll just yeah. watch you at the beach. I don't care. Yeah, I wasn't watching the episode going like, ooh, I can't wait until they resolve whether or not he's going to go, ooh, go to the reunion or not. Like, okay. Cool cat goes to the reunion. (laughs) Oh, no. Oh, God. I'm picturing I'm picturing a cool cat high school reunion movie now where it's just all the kids from cool cat and just still the same actor in the same cat suit. (laughs) And then Daddy Derek is like, I haven't aged because I eat placentas. (laughs) <laughs> I don't know if that's a thing Derek Savage does But it seems like a thing he would do I wouldn't be surprised And that is why we cannot tag this episode as Cool Cat Because he will listen to this yep. and take this episode down and sue us mm-hmm. uh, It's true We do need to see the new movie Oh yeah, 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 yeah. We need to buy it uh, Yes Anyways, Morgan, tell me about your version of this uh, montage that comes up. So it's interesting that you call this a montage because it's not, it doesn't read as a montage. Oh, okay. I was gonna say, it doesn't read as a montage in the original version. It's, it's, well, it's not really a montage. It's people walking around and music is playing. Sure, 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 sure. Um, tell me, but about yeah, it. it's Mitch and Gail. They've shown up to the high school reunion uh, and there's just a whole bunch of people who are really excited to see Gail. And Mitch, Mitch gets nothing. So and wait, he starts wait, moping around. Wait. So, OK, the reason I asked is because there's a very specific thing about my version that stands out. So okay. for your version, is there just instrumental music playing or is there someone singing? Oh, yes, there is a band yeah. that is playing a song. I don't now remember what the song is. Is it like um, something with like saxophones and some shit? Uh, it's, um, oh, fucking, oh my God. I can hear the song in my head. Um, it's the, um, Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Oh, okay. Okay. So now this makes sense. <laughs> oh. Because my version it is the music is so clearly not the music playing in the scene <laughs> because there's someone singing and the singing starts the moment the guy breathes into his saxophone and there's no saxophone in this song. 
Oh. Uh, so it's like <laughs> there's just sax coming. There's just vocals coming out of a sax. And the song is uncredited. There's two songs in this episode that are both uncredited. One, I had to transcribe the lyrics by ear, uh, which is. Oh, wow. And the other one I did not. But this one, there is no lyrics transcribed. So there's someone singing as people just walk around and you get the one shot of the blonde woman who I guess is this software developer. If you get one shot that lingers for like 10 seconds, it just focuses on her and then nothing else about her for the rest. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So interesting. The lyrics are pretty bad. Uh, you can count on me. You can count on me. Yeah, it's been a long time. Haven't seen you for a while, but nothing's changed about you, baby. We're still the same old story. You can count on me. Always be my one and only. Baby, don't you worry. Baby, don't you worry. You can count on me. You can count on me. You can count on me. You'll always be my one and only. Baby, don't you worry. Baby, don't you worry. You can count on me. You can count on me. You can count on me. You'll always be my one and only. You can count on me. You can count on me. You can count. <laughs> yeah. And it's very, very off because, again, they don't cut out the scenes of the musicians playing to clearly not the music that they're playing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Yeah. It uh, it does match in the original because uh, it is the song that they're playing. Yes. <laughs> yes. So um, do we, is this part of the scene? Do we get to meet that woman? Yeah. So. It's it's interesting that you only get that establishing shot of her because we also get that same shot. And then we get four more shots just like it, where she is like 10 seconds behind Mitch in the crowd for a while. Like he keeps like walking through the crowd and then you'll see her walk to where he just was. And this happens a couple times. Oh, we get none of Mitch. Like we don't get any of Mitch walking around shots either. Interesting. Do you get the shots setting up? Um Larry Vern, the bully. Uh, I mean, we get the ones where the guys are like playing stuff with their like hands. Yeah. So that's why I texted you. I wanted you to describe the scene because I was like, I don't even know where to start describing these two nerds with the the hands. And then Larry comes by and he like pushes them and he's drinking that we get that. Okay. yeah, there's another scene of him that lingers for a while or a shot of him, rather, where he's sitting at the bar, like chugging a beer in the same jacket that Mitch has on. Mm -hmm. Um, But that's the only two we get from him in this. Um, But, yeah, this woman uh, is following Mitch throughout the reunion. And then he goes out onto like a balcony with his beer and he's just standing there looking grumpy. Um, And then she walks up to him. And she's like, oh, hey, Mitch, I see you haven't changed at all. And he goes, well, you must have because I don't recognize you at all. That's literally his line. Man of the people. Oh, yeah. Um, And then she introduces herself as the girl who sat behind you in English and learned every single little curl of your hair. Um, Oh, God. Yeah. Um, and then she says her name and it's, uh, uh, Tracy, Trixie, something like that. I didn't write it down. She doesn't come back. Um, but T-Bird, it turns out, it turns out she used to be fat and that's why Mitch doesn't remember her. Uh, but now she's really hot and owns a software company. Um, well, I'm missing so much, so much (laughs) gold nuggets. Oh yeah. They... 
Um, they like flirt for a little bit and then they hug and she just straight up moans as he embraces her. Just oh. like it's a lot. Wow. That um, got and way horny. Yeah. They hug for a long time until you start hearing acapella singing coming from inside of the reunion uh, and two guys come out and it turns out that the two of them and Mitch were in an acapella band, acapella band in high school. What? And they start singing and snapping. Wait, what? Yeah. Oh, that's wild that they don't even set up that part of it. No. The remaster, because it makes the part later where he sings, you know, make sense. <laughs> Wait, where Mitch sings? Yeah. Mitch does oh. sing. Oh, yes, he does. Oh, yes, he does. Specifically, he sings the song over the second montage of Wait. him and Gail. Oh, and they like, completely cut that. So they have a montage later and it's just an original song that's uncredited. Oh, it's it's David Hasselhoff in this one. Wait, wait, wait. Just before we we'll get to there. But yeah. Do you know any of the lines to that song? No, not off the top of my head. OK, well, I'll read the lyrics later and you'll tell me if they sound familiar. Uh, sure. But wow, because I know because so we were just uh, the other day I sent Morgan Allison Pregler's video on the different versions of Baywatch. And one of the things she talks about is uh, the the music. It's a big, big issue with like over 300 licensed songs. Um, yeah. All these montages. And there's an odd choice of ones that they keep in uh, and the ones that they don't. And some of the a lot of the ones that they don't are also like David Hasselhoff songs. They don't. Yeah, they don't keep those in. In the song in the second montage, it's. Literally, all I can think of is just they're showing a flashback and I, I don't I wouldn't even know that he was singing. So, yeah, this is all weird. Uh, yeah. Maybe they cut all of this out to avoid leading to having to have him sing. Probably because there's. Yeah, I'm curious when we get to that part, it, what they do instead in the remaster. Well, when we get to that part, we'll pause and yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll let you know what they do. Sure. Um, but yeah, next up, uh, Eddie is having trouble being a dad and Shawnee's helping him and he just, he really doesn't want to change a diaper. He says, Um, I'm not going in there. Yup. And then Shawnee literally makes a Mr. Mom joke where she says, you're doing pretty good, Mr. Mom or something like that. And then he finishes changing the diaper and he's very excited about it. There's one part of this I actually found pretty funny, uh, which is. Uh, she says, well, somebody had to do this for you. And he replies, that's probably why I was put up for adoption. Yeah. And I was like, damn, that's a dark joke. Holy cow. Yeah. But I laughed. Yeah. It's this plot line. It's fine. Um, it's it's very I mean, again, you could have thrown this into season one. I would have believed you. Yeah, totally. Um, next up, we cut back to the reunion. Uh, where the Larry Vern, the the bully who we've been seeing, comes over to Gail and uh, she's being recorded saying, what's her most awkward moment in high school? Uh, Why would you ever answer that? Yeah. I know. It's such a fucked question. (laughs) Like, yeah. okay. one, why would you answer with the real one? And two, like, why would you want this on camera? Like, yeah. oh, no, you got to answer what your most embarrassing moment is. Like, I absolutely do not 
Yeah. Uh, Trudy, (laughs) Trixie, (laughs) T-Bird, whatever your name is. I don't know. Get out. Uh, But then, yeah, Larry, Larry Varon comes up and uh, I'm electing that you talk about it. (laughs) Sure. Yeah, he uh, he keeps telling the camera and Gail how now that she's single, she clearly always wanted him in high school and now's their chance. And she's like, no, fuck off. And he's like, just one kiss. And then he tries to kiss her. She says, I don't even know you. Yeah, she's she's like fighting him off. And then Mitch comes over and fights with the guy and like pins him down. Uh, And then Larry Vern runs off to the bar to get drunk, uh, as we see by him drinking a beer too fast. And it overflows onto his hand. Um, And then Mitch and Gail are on the dance floor and Gail is begging him to do something. It's not quite clear. Uh, and then he finally agrees and says, OK, and grabs the mic from the. Uh, oh, the wait, do you get a band. montage here? Uh, oh, uh, we don't get a montage here, but we also get a different song from him over oh, the other. Montage. This is OK. So basically what happens for me is uh, Larry apologizes, right? Mitch. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gail and Mitch decide to get some air while Larry runs the bar to get beer. And then they cut to the next scene, which is Larry drinking in a turtleneck on the beach. So they cut all of this out. They cut all Mitch singing whatever out. I have to watch this now. I'm curious. Yeah, there's well, and there's another scene in between those as well. There's a couple more scenes, so I'm very confused. Oh, Um, so, yeah, after after Mitch singing, uh, we see the two nerds finding. Oh, no, no. Sorry. OK, yeah, yeah. That um, happens later where they find his body. Right. Uh, OK, yeah. Well, they find his body now in this version. Oh, they cut out. the. Basically, for for my version, it's he he passes out from drinking and then they just drag him while holding a shovel. <laughs> it's very uh, ominous. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's that's what they do here. And they then bury him in the sand up to his neck. Yeah, he just appears in the sand in my version. They don't bury him. Oh, okay. Yeah, they do show a little bit of them digging in this one. Um, but yeah, after after that, we get so wait, a scene. Wait, did mm-hmm. we did we skip over Mitch singing? Like, what is the whole point there? What is he singing about? What is what is? I I don't remember what song it is that he sings, but it's it's an old like fifties ballad, and it's basically just like him and Gail flirting. Ah, nice. Okay, this get, this gets hornier in your version. I mean, it's horny, oh, yeah. but it's hornier. Yeah. No, and she's she's really getting into it, dancing. You know, having like, a this good makes time. A, a lot more sense why she's so into him. Sure does. <laughs> in my version, it makes it look like, oh man, you beat up a guy who was trying to fondle me. Let's fuck. Yes. Yeah. This this makes considerably more sense. Yeah. But yeah, now now we go back to the B plot. Uh, which is that Eddie is finally getting good at being a dad, by which I mean criticizing literally everything Shawnee does. Mm-hmm. The bottle's not warm enough. The diaper's not something enough. The pillow's too hard. Um, and then finally, finally, the baby goes to sleep and they finally have the talk about whether or not they want to have kids. Uh, and which, Shawnee says, I which is want weird to you remember they're engaged. Yeah. Yeah. 
who, 90s who? the 90s were a different time i guess that's not an excuse <laughs> it really isn't it's it's an excuse for bad writing yes they after that um shawnee says she wants three kids and eddie says i only want to have kids if the person i'm with we never fight and everything is 100 percent perfect yeah, and Shawnee's that's, like that's a no, that's a, a cop out, boy chick. That's uh, yeah, 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 that's an unrealistic expectation, which she clearly agrees with and says there is no such thing as a one hundred percent guarantee. And then uh, yeah. they start making that over the baby. Yeah, that was weird. That that struck me as being uh, real weird. It's not their baby. Look, yeah, it, it look it, the trauma I cause to other people's children is okay because it's not my <laughs> child. I'm still being a good parent or whatever or yeah. person. You know, it's their fucking problem for existing and getting trauma. It's true. That's it's true. That's that's what my therapist tells me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'm sure. Yeah. Um. <laughs> yeah, she's always like, yeah, all the all the other people's babies I yell at. It's fine. It's fine. As long <laughs> as you don't yell at my baby. <laughs> Let's see. After that, uh, we go back to the high school reunion uh, where Mitch and Gail are out on the porch. And Mitch finally admits that, actually, you know what? I'm having a pretty good time. Yeah. And Gail flirts with him a little bit. And they reminisce about how when they were at prom, they snuck away. And and so they do. And my note here is. Oh, yeah. They're going to end up finding the bully. Yeah. Um, It's (laughs) Gail asks. Hey, Mitch, do I look different than I did in high school? And honestly, I'd be worried if 20 years later you didn't. Yeah. Yeah. And he's like, oh, no, you're still super. You're you're super beautiful. And it's like Mitch and I answering the question. Well, and then do you remember her line after he says that? What does she say? I guess all the facelifts and workouts have paid off. Yeah. No, she doesn't say facelifts. Oh, she she says says something workouts. Facials and workouts. Yes. Yes. Which makes it better than if she had said facelifts. Yes. Agreed. But my note was also, yeah, Galen subtly asked Mitch if he wants to fuck. And he says, boy. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, yeah. They are all over each other. And it makes much more sense uh, when you've seen the two previous scenes. Oh, Set it up. (laughs) Yeah. 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 Um. Now, now we go back to the two nerds uh, who are watching the bully that they buried in the sand and just kind of standing there and breathing heavily. <laughs> and it's very creepy. Yeah. Um, and then Larry, the bully, starts to wake up. But oh, no, the tide's coming in. It's funny because both of the nerds, I mean, I call mm-hmm. them the nerds. I only assume they're nerds. Uh, just look like reject uh, kids in the hall sketch characters yeah totally uh so like i i had trouble taking them seriously because i just imagined the kids in the hall in baywatch (laughs) Ooh man that would be great of course uh well not of course some okay so different people have different rankings of uh kids in the hall members and i think it's it's a lot of people think that uh like the best kids in the hall member is uh scott thompson and like i get why they think scott thompson is sure uh, but i have the most controversial choice uh which is that the best kids in the hall member is mark mckinney 
And not a lot of people think Mark McKinney is the best, but that's because I do like Mark McKinney. I love Mark McKinney. And I think he plays this weirdo like he's like Leslie Nielsen. He plays this straight man who's so like normal that he's therefore absurd uh, around everything else. So I think he's the best. Uh, And then uh, my least my personal least favorite uh, I mean, it's hard to say least favorite. I love them all. Is Dave Foley? Uh, yeah. Uh, I think I think honestly, my favorite. And I, I haven't seen as much of Kids in the Hall as I should, but um, uh, doop, doop, uh, Kevin McDonald, I have always really enjoyed. Kevin McDonald really benefits in my childhood from being a, a voice in so many like shows that I watch, like Invader Zim. And Lilo and Stitch and what's new Scooby-Doo, um, all these kinds of things. Uh, and then just being in random roles. And his voice is so iconic. Uh, yeah. And also, I think being the most absurd. Uh, he's, oh, yeah. He definitely has the most uh, chaotic energy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Which is why I love him. Yes. That's, <laughs> I mean, the chicken woman is just pure chaos. Oh, God. Uh, Honestly, though, I think the skit I think about the most from Kids in the Hall, and partially just because it's one of the many song ones, which were always great. But um, these are the Daves I know. No, I know. These are the Daves I know. The Daves I know, I know. (laughs) So one of my favorite skits, it's really, uh, I think it's super underrated because it's it's a simple joke. Uh, And I actually tell this to our previous guest, Helen, all the time, which is, 20 Helens agree. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just always like, like so good. 20 Helens agree. You should wear two shoes instead of one. It's just always something like that. And then I go, 20 Helens agree. Uh, I love that. I think it's hilarious. And I, I get why people don't think it's hilarious. No, I totally agree with you. I also love that series. My absolute favorite of them, though, and it's the dumbest joke they ever do with the entire series, is 19 Helens agree. Being on time is important. And then another woman comes running in from out of frame, goes, sorry. And that's the whole skit. And it's so fucking funny because it's such a simple joke, but it's executed so perfectly yep. because they've set up this whole 20 Helens thing. Yeah. Like, yep. uh, I, I think it's, it's so good. It's genius. And I think there's a lot of uh, sketch comedy shows that, that tried to be kids in the hall that some were like, yeah. Okay. Like, why does kids you know? I watched a bunch yeah. of. Yeah. Uh, totally. And I don't think why does kids you know is bad. I like why does kids you know. Yeah. Some of their stuff has not held up super well. Yes. Um, agreed. But no, I mean they have some genuinely funny stuff. Yeah. Uh, and it was always weird for me watching them and then thinking about like other comedy that was on at the time and then realizing mm-hmm. that they were produced by Lorne Michaels. Uh, and now just being like, yeah, yeah, fuck Lorne Michaels. Uh, yeah. <laughs> also, like, well, anyways, we should we should get back <laughs> we should get back to to yes. uh, talking about talking about this. Oh yeah, we've got a we've got a real nice and horny scene now, uh, which is that Mitch and Gail are hanging out on the beach and getting flirty. Um, and Mitch is like, you know, this is the place where we conceived Hobie. And Gail is like, no, no, no. 
it was over there. We just started over here. Uh, and then they start making out a bunch. So the way they, they do is <laughs> she's like, this is where like H- Hobie all started. And uh, uh, and then they're like, oh, no, that was down the beach. And then she goes, well, yeah, this is where the event that made Hobie happened. So it's like, yeah. wait, did you fuck on this rock? Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, I was also wondering. I was also wondering, like, if if they're saying that, like, he was conceived over there and it started over here, were they just like walking down the beach fucking like <laughs> right because it wasn't when they were 17 yeah this is 20 years later hobie's only 10 or 11 like yeah these timelines don't match up so actually yeah i never put that together so clearly what happened was is one day they were just walking down the beach uh maybe after like 10 years of being together post high school or something and mitch was just like fuck it let's fuck it yeah and then they just, you know, got sand everywhere. Yeah. It's I, so coarse I, and irritating. I, there we go. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Yep. So this this doesn't make sense. But so she says they wait until senior prom to make love. Mm hmm. He says not by his choice. She kept saying no. And she says, but I won't say no tonight. Yeah. Ooh. You. Yeah. You. <laughs> you. Yes. It's God. This episode swings so wildly back and forth between incredibly horny and then uh, Eddie being a father. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> one way to describe it. Yeah. 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 I, I'm trying not to spoil the twist at the end of the baby plot line that will come up later in this baby Babas, baby Babas, baby Babas, baby Babas. Anyways, baby baby Babas. Um, yeah. So we we go back to the nerds and Vern. Um, and that's there's a great, a big that's wave. a great name. The nerds. And yeah, Vern. I'm kind of digging it. Even though um, his name isn't Vern. But they keep calling him Vern. No, they call him Varen. Oh. Because his last name is Varen. The only reason I, I thought his last this, name was Vern. The only reason I remember this is because uh, Varen is the last name along my mom's side of the family. So I was like, what? Oh. But it's gotcha. spelled differently. Ah, uh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I wasn't paying super close attention and thought they were saying Vern. Uh, but okay. Do you know? Um, so yeah. Do you, sorry. Hmm? This is important Seattle lore. uh, Okay. You probably would not have been exposed to. Have you ever heard of Vern Funk? That name sounds super familiar, but. It's this like insurance company that put on. They would always put on these crazy commercials. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you've heard of it. Yeah. I think you showed me some of these one time. Okay, that makes sense. That sounds like something I would do. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but you should you should describe them for the listener because they are delightful. Uh, well, let's see if I can remember any right now without <laughs> without looking them up. Uh, well, too bad we're gonna look them up. Uh, All right. Okay, so hold on, I gotta watch this thirty second one to figure this out. All right. Oh God. <laughs> okay, so this is crazy. So there's one where it's like every year people suffer all these traffic related problems 
yada yada, maybe you should ride Pulpa Transit. And then some dude in a cowboy hat with a giant cigar while a dude is dancing on the car in the background go, you should drive a car. And then there's some like (laughs) women like dancing around uh, and it just starts flashing on the screen. Honk for funk. Uh, was <laughs> funk. Uh, and then like the guy has a giant pole then he has a, a stormtrooper mask and a rifle and starts blowing up stuff then he has a chainsaw and cuts up a sign that says too many tickets uh, <laughs> so he cuts that in half uh, and then he's holding a rotary phone at the screen uh, and then there's a dude laughing maniacally and then it just keeps saying dance 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 yeah. uh, at you uh, and they're like 30 second commercials. There's another one that's like Vern Funk wishes you a very Merry Christmas. Uh, and it's just like him looking like Dr. Evil. And then he's got a bunch of kids. And point is, it's Vern Funk, V E R N F O N K. I yeah. highly recommend looking up Vern Funk uh, just because it is wacky and wild. Oh, yeah. But you know what else is wacky and wild? Morgan. I sure do. Oh, I sure do. What do you it's think the, it is? <laughs> the decision not to unbury Larry. Uh, that's also a great. He name. is slowly drowning. Not yeah, to unbury uh, Larry. Ooh, yeah. It's like Um Jammer Lammy. <laughs> <laughs> it's like what now? Do you not know Um Jammer Lammy? I not in the slightest. Okay, so Um Jammer Lammy is a PlayStation One game. Here, hold on. Ah. Okay, wait. Wait, wait, you're going to be like, the fuck is this? Um, Jammer Lammy. It's kind of like Parappa the Rap. Do you know Parappa the Rapper? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, like, it's like Parappa the Rapper. Um, I think it's made by the same. this one, this one, you leave it to Lammy. Yeah, this one uh, is the sequel to Parappa the Rapper. So it's made by the same people. Oh. Uh, It revolves around a lamb named Lammy who's a guitarist of a band. Uh, and then there's a whole story uh, huh. to it. But yeah, it's called Mmm Jammer Lammy. <laughs> God, yeah. what a delightful series of sounds. I It's the best name of a <laughs> game ever, maybe. Yeah. Uh, other than Parappa the Rapper. Uh, it's not also actually, very good. Actually, not as good. As Um Jammer Lammy. Um Jammer Lammy's just. God, I want to keep saying that. Anyways, <laughs> uh, go back to what they're doing, please. Sure. Uh, they are they are deciding not to unbury Larry, um, <laughs> which is all fun and games at first, but then big waves come in, and so they decide they should unbury him. But uh oh, the waves are bringing sand, and now they can't dig faster than the ocean can bring sand. Um, so they start yelling for help. And Mitch interrupts making out with Gail because he hears this and runs over and tells the two guys to go fetch him that trash can. This is the part Um, where in my notes I say this is maybe the lowest stakes problem in an episode of Baywatch ever. Yeah. Like there is a life at stake, but it's also we buried a man alive and we can't dig him out. (laughs) Yeah. It also goes on forever. Yes. Like it takes so long. 
Because Mitch is giving Larry CPR, and then the two guys come back with the trash can. So then we, like, three separate times have to see them block a wave with the trash can, lift the trash can up, dig some more sand out. Oh, no, there's another wave coming. Put the trash can back oh, down. Oh, so this is Wait funny. For the wave to so go away. I was expecting that to happen, and I guess they oh. cut that out of my version. But I, Okay. So they only do it the once, and then they're like, oh, no, more waves. And they're just like, man, just dig faster. Oh, yeah, no, they keep going. This scene takes probably three minutes. Wow. Um, Okay, well, how long is, I gotta look down, how long is my episode that (laughs) all this stuff was cut out? Like, this is crazy. Because I cannot imagine, this scene is not interesting. It's so Boring when you just keep watching them do the same thing over and over again. My episode is 36 minutes long. Oh, yeah, mine is 44. Oh, yeah, yeah, because <laughs> normal episodes are like 44. So, yeah, they cut out quite a bit of this. Yeah, damn. Um, but yeah, eventually they they get Larry out and the two nerds run away and. Gina's like, aren't you going to chase them? And Mitch is like, the thought of what Larry's going to do to them when he wakes up is more punishment than I could ever give them. And it was like, what the fuck, yeah. Mitch? Yeah. Like, <laughs> wow. Super petty. Yeah. Um, but then then we get the horniest scene, uh, which is that Mitch and Gail have gotten home and they talk a little bit about how wild the reunion was. And then Gail goes to take a shower um, and then she's done with her shower and Mitch is singing in the shower and Don't Gail is that. leaning against the door. Oh, and OK. Clearly okay. falling for him again. So in my version, the way it goes is uh, Gail makes super sex eyes at him. She mm-hmm. asks if she can use the shower and he's like, oh. I'm going to join you in there. He doesn't say that, yeah. but he's like, oh, I'll be there. He, he says, I'll be close behind. Uh. <laughs> yes. And then, OK, pause the episode for a second here. Uh, mm-hmm. Not pause the episode. You know what I mean? Um, yeah. Uh, I need to find what happens in this scene because this is that shower. Yeah, here, let me let me send you the, the daily motion link. Um, and. This shower thing does not happen. So literally, okay. So Morgan, what happens in mine is not that there's a shower thing. It's just Mitch says something about going to the shower. He looks down, laughs to himself, and they immediately cut to the wedding photos oh. of, of Mitch and Gail. And they have this. I mean, I'll talk more about the montage. But they had the montage, and then Mitch just comes out of the shower. Okay. Yeah, we even get a couple seconds of Mitch like singing in the shower. Um but it's it's a Hasselhoff original. Yeah. And I, what's interesting is I do that not have this. Gotcha. What's what's interesting and I had totally forgotten about this when we were talking about it earlier, um this is actually a case where uh, Baywatch plays with the rules of diegetic and non-diegetic music because we hear him singing in the shower as we watch him shower and Gail listens from outside the door and then it cuts to a much clearer copy of him singing the same song. Like, it, it transitions between them yeah. while we get a wedding montage. So, and he's singing over the wedding montage. Yep. Okay, so I get 
an original song that is not credited, but I do have subtitles for it. Okay. You and I were young and free. All of the world was waiting to see if we were just dreaming. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. (laughs) We never had a second chance. Who could have known that time would pass? I mean, literally anybody. Fucking moron. Anyways, right through our hands. Love was strong. I remember for so long. We had it all. Just couldn't hold on. Love was strong. Now that I found you again. Now that our hearts had a chance to mend, I can't wait another day to tell you just what I mean when I say. And then it fucking cuts to Gail sex moaning another man's name. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's. OK. Yeah. The montage itself is wonderful. Lots of just top tier 70s fashion. Mitch in just an incredible Paisley button down. Um, and yeah. Uh, the the resolution, like you were saying, uh, is that he's massaging her naked on the couch and starts kissing her neck, and then she moans, John! Um, and that's a big deal. Yeah. it's It shouldn't be. I mean, it yeah. is, but it isn't. It is in that, you're like, you should probably ask about it, but, like, yeah. it doesn't really matter. Yeah. No, so we we learned some interesting things during this scene, which is that one, Gail has been asked to marry him. She doesn't actually say if she accepted or not. Right. Um, and then she's like, but I just can't stop thinking about you, Mitch. And Mitch is like, so when you're having sex, do you ever moan my name? And she says, yeah, sometimes. Yeah. Which, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> well, I mean, like, that part feels realistic in terms of just, sure. like, Mitch being like, well, now I'm jealous do you ever do that? And that part I liked. The part that's bad is um, that apparently John said, you either get back together with Mitch or you'll let him go. And the phrase let him go is very weird here. Yeah. Because it's like, just mean like never see each other again. Cause like you raise a kid. Like, yeah. just don't just like fuck this one time. <laughs> and then like, don't do it again. I mean, I I definitely read it as more of a like, listen, you're clearly still harboring feelings from him for him. You need to either like <laughs> be with me or go with, be with him if you're still in love with him, which I think is that relatively sense. reasonable. That makes sense. But now she can't ever say his name during sex anymore. <laughs> <laughs> There's just no sexier name to moan than Mitch. Um, what about <laughs> Hitch? Or mm, rich, contender. rich, or uh, <laughs> sitch, like Lilo and Sitch, Lilo and Stitch, mm-hmm. Lilo and Stitch, that's what it is, or <laughs> Skitch. Ooh, yeah, if you're, if you're moaning during Skitch, skitch you're doing skitch. it right. <laughs> <laughs> Someone, okay, so, who was it, uh... I think it was John, not the John from this, John who's been on this show, uh, sent me uh, a tweet where someone took um, Lil John, um, a Lil John song, but instead of Lil John saying, yeah, it's uh, Cicada. 
Uh, <laughs> uh, and they just found this one cicada that just makes this, oh, yeah, noise. And it's very good. So now I'm just imagining that whenever Gail starts moaning John's name, it's actually a cicada just making noises. <laughs> Uh, that's fantastic. Every I'm very into that. Every 17 years, Gail comes out. <laughs> <laughs> Sir, side point. Comes all the way from Ohio. Side point. Why do people keep posting pictures of cicadas? Why, they make it seem like it's Pokemon. It's not. <laughs> it's disgusting cicadas and their carcasses. Everyone's like, oh, man, look at this cool cicada picture. And I'm like, no, stop it. This is horrid. You don't do this to fucking grasshoppers every time you find them. Don't go to a fucking cicada because I don't want to see it. Fair. I have I have heavy thoughts on this. I don't I don't think I've seen anyone posting. I have seen at least eight people. Wow. It's a lot of cicadas. America must be stopped. That's, <laughs> I didn't say eight cicadas. I said eight people posting pictures of cicadas. Mm, true. I have true. seen more than eight cicadas, and let me tell you, <laughs> I am not the kind of person who is a master of cicadas enough to know the difference between two different cicadas. That's fair. T- call me racist against cicadas, <laughs> but I can't tell cicadas apart. Uh, and I'm actually quite xenophobic against cicadas, and I don't want them in my state. <laughs> yeah i i don't really have that many opinions on cicadas to be honest i just i don't like bugs <laughs> that's fair that's, that's it fair that's it no i i mean i don't disagree and they're huge they're fucking huge yeah oh yeah they're they, real big boys they look like they they look like a moth you know like had sex with a grasshopper and then <laughs> you have this thing that Shouts in Little John noises. <laughs> it has me so upset I'm calling him Little John instead of Lil John. For shame. I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, to uh, pretty much wrap up this episode, there's not much left. Um, the The baby dad shows up and tells Eddie that he left the baby there because his wife wanted to put her up for adoption, but it's all okay now. <laughs> um, and that's a terrifying sentence. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and Shawnee's like, uh, specifically, oh God, if I can remember what she said, she says, you know, when there are things lost and found on the beach, we make people describe them. Yep. So what color are the baby's eyes? And the guy's like, uh, they're blue and her name is Elizabeth and no, she, she tries to do a sneaky thing. She goes like, what is, what, what are its, what color are its eyes? And he goes, it's a she. Well, no, specifically she says, what color are his eyes? Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. I and think goes, trying to catch him out. It's a she. Her name is yeah. Elizabeth and she has a mole, which she didn't have before when Eddie no. changed the diaper. Nope. <laughs> it just kind of looks like someone accidentally dropped some like asparagus <laughs> on her thigh. Uh yeah. Yeah. Um but yeah, uh Shawnee's just about ready to give up the kid. Uh when Eddie's like, "Hey, would you mind or yeah, she does give him the kid and then Eddie's like, "By the way, would you mind writing out part of the note you left on this kid?" Um and he bolts um and makes it approximately 4 feet. Yes. Uh before <laughs> Uh, I think it's Mitch or some of the other lifeguards catch him 
and it's then Brooke the, and Hines. Ah, the characters nobody cares about. No. Um, but just as he's caught, the mom shows up and it turns out that he's her ex-husband and she left the baby there to escape him, which like, OK, yes, run from a dem- like abusive former partner. Absolutely. Sure. Totally makes sense. Sure. What the fuck? Leave your baby under a lifeguard tower for 24 hours? Like, I feel like there's a million easier ways that you could have done this. The last time we found somebody underneath a lifeguard tower, it was two white people from Idaho who said that (laughs) Mexican food destroyed their bowels. Yep. Uh, Typically, being found under a lifeguard tower in this show doesn't end you up with a good time. No. Uh, Also, uh... If there's ever a time to go to the police, again, we have described that, as you know by now, we are very Mm -hmm. anti-police. Give the baby to the police and have the police watch your baby for 24 hours. Yeah. And say, I am the only one who can take back this baby. Yeah. Yeah. Or yeah. just pull his fucking Super Mario Brothers movie and give it to some nuns <laughs> and say, don't let Koopa get it. <laughs> <laughs> and then, you know, and then Mario Mario comes and goes, Scarpezzi. <laughs> <laughs> they turn Scarpezzi into a gorilla. However, uh, Bob Hoskins. God, that American movie. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that's movie. It's everyone should be watching this movie. Yeah. But the thing we're watching instead is this episode of Baywatch. And specifically now we're watching the scene uh, where Mitch, Eddie and Shawnee briefly chat about the baby and then ask Mitch how the reunion is. And we just get three flashbacks of him kissing Gail. And he goes, I don't know, it was pretty good. It's funny because the way that they do it, I don't know if they do it in your version, is they're just talking. And then for the flashback, they have this like. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, no, they have the same like weird instrumental music under it. Yeah. And then the last scene, uh, it's funny you mentioned the room earlier because the last Mm -hmm. scene is very room like. Oh, yes. It's Mitch. So so uh, so Gail drops off Hobie after visiting Disneyland with Hobie. She waves goodbye and she drives off. Mm -hmm. Then Mitch and Hobie somberly walk into the sunset and play around a bit. And the way it's shot, the music that they choose, the amount of time that it goes on for, all are like galaxy brain Tommy Wiseau. Yes. It's amazing. I was like, how do you could have just ended on them waving goodbye to Gail. But instead you're like, mm, no, we need scenes of them like hopping around in the sunset, walking toward the sunset as semi-sad music kind of plays. Uh, mm-hmm. It's very weird. Yeah, I I have a lot of questions about a lot of the directorial choices in this episode. Good old Gus Draconis. Yeah. But yeah, that uh that wraps us up. Yeah, so Morgan. Mm-hmm. Our rating scale is one is ruining your food so bad that the smoke alarm goes off, and ten is getting your boy toy David Hasselhoff to talk to you about Wuthering Heights. Where do you rate it? Yeah, I think with this episode Um, I'm still holding on to a little bit of the high of it not being incredibly racist and sexist. Right. Um, after our long run of season two so far. So that was 
definitely put me in a good mood. Yeah. Um, there were a lot of very long and very boring scenes, which brought it down a little bit for me. But overall, this just feels like a very middle of the road episode to me. Like, I I think I would have to give it. I'm wobbling between a five and a six, but I think I got to go with a five. Um, and I'm going to say that a five is the experience of um, going to give someone you had a crush on in high school a hug and you accidentally let out a moan when you do so. <laughs> but they seem pretty into it. <laughs> Well, that's my like worst fear right there. <laughs> um, yeah, they do a they do a cross cut to Mish's face after she moans, and he's he's not opposed. Yeah, I mean um, he's single. Yeah, and she's quite attractive. So, um, but how about you, Michael? What's your rating for this one? So first, I would actually like to list the Sand Crab Seven Two Two rating. Uh, sure, because I do think it's funny. Which is uh, they give it a nine out of ten. Wow. Uh, and they say that it's titled Love the Cowboy Themes and say, OK, the bull is the only character with any depth. He should be a serious <laughs> regular. Extra points for dramatic running away from the bull and c- cool lasso action. Um, huh. Maybe the most I've ever agreed with a sand crab review. Uh, but I also <laughs> disagree a lot. Uh, I'm going to give it a seven out of ten. And I think that helps because I had like, you know, like eight minutes cut out of my version. Yeah, that definitely helps. <laughs> uh, but I am sad I missed the David Hasselhoff uh, musical numbers. Yeah, that part you should you should go back and watch them because they are delightful. I absolutely will, because I like David Hasselhoff as a singer. Yeah. Um, I think this was, you know, as you said, like, it's nice not having racist shit anymore. Uh, mm-hmm. it, it just felt like what I, wa- I wanted from Baywatch. Yeah. Uh, and I was like, yeah, this seems like a, this seems like a 90s show. It seems like it's fun. Um, more episodes like this, and I'll just continue to enjoy this show, you know? Totally. Uh, more episodes like the things that came before it, minus the last episode. The last episode was good. Uh, yeah. But the ones before that um, will make me not want to watch this show. Yeah. So, and I imagine things are just going to be a lot more like this. Uh, so, I, I I like this episode, and I like Gale. I like Wendy Malick. Yeah. And uh, the B-plot kind of sucked. Uh, mm-hmm. Baby Babis was, was cool. <laughs> but, like, seeing Eddie play around the Baby Babis was cool. But at the same time, like... It's not it's not necessary. I, it, yeah. It's so season one. It's such a season one plot that it should just be like, well, Mitch has to do one thing and then Eddie and Shawnee get to play with the baby Babis. And <laughs> um, that's it. They don't yeah. really intertwine until the last five seconds when someone explains it via exposition. Yeah, and I kind of like that. It's I funny. It. I feel like I feel like this episode in season one, we would have been like, man, it's just kind of filler. And now we're like, thank Christ for this filler episode. Maybe it's intentional. <laughs> maybe they brought us down maybe. having it so bad to make everything else seem good. Yeah. Yeah, it, it could be. It is a tactic. 
Uh, not one you yeah. usually do if you want to keep your show on air, though. <laughs> um, so, yeah, seven. And a seven for me would be... Seven for... Mm, I have one, but we may have to cut it because it's just... I, I don't know if I can even be quoted on it. It's just so disturbing. <laughs> As a seven is the wiki feet page for Umjammer Lammy. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know if I can be allowed uh, to have that. You can keep that in, I guess, but I got to oh, pick it. Yeah, different. no, that's. What? No, I think that's your official rating for this episode. Okay. So my official rating <laughs> is a seven is the wiki feet entry for the video game, the PlayStation 1 video game, Umjammer Lammy. With yep. motto, leave it to Lammy. <laughs> uh, so let's let's talk about the next episode. Yes, let's. So our next episode is a guest episode. And I like to think of our next episode as like the um, the shark derby of this season. And oh. we've been hyping it up. Uh, oh, is this finally the samurai episode? Yes. This is uh, yes. War of Nerves. Uh, so the Baywatch wiki description is ex-con and martial arts master Mason Sato terrorizes Mitch K and Hobie. That's all they say. Wow. The INDB description is Mason Sato, a Japanese drug lord that Mitch helped arrest five years ago, has been paroled from prison. And he begins stalking Mitch, determined to seek revenge against him. Then... Sato finally makes his move when he kidnaps Obi and Kay in order to lure Mitch to the abandoned warehouse where the two fight it out in a samurai fight to the death. Meanwhile, that sounds amazing. I know. Meanwhile, Shawnee asks Ben to give her a lesson on how to surf, which brings out old memories for him of his former surfing days. Uh, huh. All of that sounds good. And especially since we get Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa, a.k.a. fucking Chang Sung from Mortal Kombat, playing Hell Mason yeah. Sato. Uh, and that that's just. That's just great. And again, it is yeah. a guest episode uh, of ours. So I'd, and if you remember, we've said who is going to be the guest before uh, uh, for this one. Uh, so I'm it's not a, it's an ARG. You got to go back and re-listen to all of our episodes and put the clues together, specifically the clues where we explicitly tell you who it's going to be. It's it's very <laughs> deep lore. I remember I did say I wanted more deep lore. Yeah, here uh, we go. Here's here's us starting that. Yeah. Uh, and I look forward to it. Uh, again, my M.O. is overhyping things. Mm-hmm. Um, so <laughs> luckily I've done that by now. So it should be a lot of fun. It will be great. Uh, we're going to try it. And um, maybe one day we'll get a Carrie Hiroyuki Tagawa cameo to go along with that God, Vanessa that Angel so one. Cool. Which, Vanessa <laughs> Angel was very cool. That was an awesome oh, yeah. cameo. Uh, I really dug it. Yeah. Yeah, she really she really went above and beyond. And I don't know if she info. went as above and beyond as the motherfucking god of this shit, Nick Gage. Well, but, sure. But that's that's... Good old That's Nicholas That's an impossible Gage, standard. <laughs> which we're, I'll just throw out there right now because this is, this is our podcast. I don't give a shit. Uh, yeah. uh, we watch, there's, so Vice has the series called Dark Side of the Ring. It's very good uh, and it's very corny and I love that about it. 
and they did an episode on Nick Gage, and so I showed it to Morgan. Uh, mm-hmm. and, uh, you may remember we've talked about Nick Gage before. We had him do a cameo where he, again, told everybody that we're gang-affiliated. Uh, <laughs> you know, something that I never thought I would hear. Uh, yeah. But it's a compliment, don't worry. Mm-hmm. These are part of the murder-death-kill gang, MDK. Like All fucking MDK. day. Uh, and... Uh, the story of Nick Gage is one that's very bizarre and kind of lovely. Um, yeah. Minus the fact where he died for seven minutes or, or seven well, seconds yes. or something. Uh, but what I want for this segment, the reason I'm bringing it up, is because I want Morgan to try and 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 explain either that or why Nick Gage is just cool. Because that makes me very happy and it will make me laugh. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, he's just like he's this weird mixture of like super wholesome, but also every other word out of his mouth is motherfucker. Mm -hmm. And he he's just wonderful. Like, yeah, he was in prison for a long time um, and, you know, did some shit in his past that he's like not super proud of. Um, Nothing, nothing like horrible. Um, He what he robbed a bank. He robbed a bank, which is yeah. the funniest part is when he wrestles, he wears he or yeah. he come out. He <laughs> wear like a bandana over his face. And then when he robs the bank, he didn't wear a bandana. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he also spends a little bit of time in the documentary talking about how he was the nicest mugger that anyone's ever seen. Yeah. Like, which is fucking delightful. Um, yeah, he's like he says he got really annoyed how slow how slow the uh, the tender, the bag tender was. Uh, so he says, I called her bitch and then I apologized for it. <laughs> yeah. And then he says, I rushed her so much. I only got three thousand. If I hadn't called her bitch, she would have given me ten thousand because she was pulling them out. <laughs> so I feel really bad. I shouldn't have called her these things also because I would have gotten more money. <laughs> yeah. He's just he's just fucking delightful. He's like he's such an old school punk. But in the like before that was synonymous with like skinhead a lot of the time. (laughs) Yeah. And he's definitely he's just the kind of guy. There's some people in life that you meet. Mm They're just really happy to see that other people are happy. And he's 100 percent that guy. Like, oh, yeah. There's an interview today with Ron Funches and Nick Gage is high off his fucking rocker. Uh, it's amazing. Uh, he just keeps on talking about how many, how, how many blunts he smoked before he went to this interview. And he doesn't know like anything about Ron Funches other than he saw Ron Funches on an episode of Ellen. That's <laughs> the only thing he knows. And he's like, yeah, you were pretty funny on that, man. And, oh, man. and Ron Funches is like, yeah, thanks. So he keeps on calling Ellen uh, Ron Funches boy in terms of like just a boy <laughs> and they're kind of a piece of shit. And Ron yeah. Funches is like, uh, I am not affiliated with Ellen DeGeneres <laughs> in any way whatsoever. Do not put me there. Um, yeah. But he's just like, oh, man, is your comedy going well? Yeah, man, it's going really well. I'm really uh, I'm, I'm really making a name for myself. Oh, that's really awesome, dude. I'm proud of you. Uh, how's is the, your podcasting? Well, yeah, man, I, I you know I make some money off of that. Yeah, bro, that's. That's the shit, man. That's awesome. That's cool, bro. I'm I'm really proud of you. And it's like, what? Like some people are just really nice people um, and they're proud of, of everyone being happy, which I mean, 
I am. But uh, and yeah. Morgan is too. Uh, yeah. But we don't. We're not that nice about. It. About it. You know what I mean? Totally. Like, some people are overly nice about it, and we're just like normal amounts of nice about it. I I think of myself as a relatively optimistic person. Yeah. But I look like the worst fucking pessimist compared to Nick Gage. Like, oh, yeah. (laughs) It's funny because we're just people who have normal jobs, and he's a guy who's like, so the dying thing. He got, he accidentally got part of a light tube. Uh, cut open his innards and he starts yeah. bleeding out. Uh, and it's he, fucking wild. He dies in a helicopter and then comes back to life. And he's like, "You can't fucking kill me because I already died." Um, yeah. And this and, is not like this is not like wrestling promo shit. This actually happened. Yeah, he actually like, died. <laughs> like, and then yeah. came back to life. He's motherfucking Jesus. Uh, yeah. uh, can we say that? Will we lose <laughs> audience if we say that Nick Cage is Jesus? Do you think we have a big evangelical like crowd who listen to our podcast? <laughs> I if we lose any listeners from that, they they shouldn't have been listening anyway. We'll have negative <laughs> listeners. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, he actually dies uh, and then comes back to life. And you know what the funny part is? He says he wrestled two days later. Yeah, <laughs> like he dies. Yeah, is bleeding, and he's like, yeah, fuck it. So he's a crazy dude. He's super nice. He's amazing. I don't even remember why. Oh, yeah, I remember why we brought this up. It's, it's a long, long tangent. Um, <laughs> and now I'm st- also a tangent. I'm not going to go into very long. But before the podcast started, we were talking about the show, The Millionaire Matchmaker. And I'm just mm-hmm. staring at this picture of The Millionaire Matchmaker. the entire time. <laughs> in the chat. And it's very weird. Uh because now I'm staring at a picture of Um Jammer Lammy and the Millionaire Matchmaker. <laughs> Two things that I'm like, oh yeah, fuck. Someone's listening to me talk about this stuff. I'm so sorry. <laughs> oh man. Anyways. Yeah. Um, so yeah. We've got we've got quite a bit of chaotic ep- energy this episode because the episode didn't suck. Um, and was in fact an enjoyable episode of Baywatch. So uh, you gave it yeah. a five, dude. <laughs> yeah, and I've given almost every other episode this season a one <laughs> or three. Um, that's true. That's true. Okay. But it's a it's a high point for season two, and I'm I'm hoping we're on the upslope. Um, but yeah, I uh, I think I think that about wraps it up for me on this episode. You got any any final thoughts? Um. Stay inside when the cicadas are out. <laughs> yep, just like we say at the end of every episode. There's an episode of of Oprah where she couldn't go to the studio because there were too many cicadas, uh-huh. and that's that's kind of the energy I want. Which is, uh, <laughs> I know I live in Pacific in the Pacific Northwest, but I just can't ever go into work ever again um, because there's too many cicadas out. Yeah, yeah. I think that is an admirable goal in life. Yeah, I I don't know if it's a goal um, as much as it is like an excuse. Yeah, you know. Eh, little of column are... A, little of column B. Yeah, why not? <laughs> uh, anyway, thank you all so much for listening to this episode of Baywatch Rookie School. And if you want to find us on Twitter, our show handle is at Rookie School Pod. I'm at Morgan P. Thrapp. 
I am at snotsnit, S-N-O-T-S-N-I-T. We'll see you next week. And just remember, hips, lips, and fingertips. And just remember, also, with enough effort and with enough time, you too can play the date range of 1991 to 1992 <laughs> in a TV show. <laughs> Oh, fuck.